0: This is a global agenda and Bill Gates and his foundation and others have actually laid this out in black and white. They've printed it. The documents are very clear and uh, all of the, uh, for example, the modeling, you know, we all got scared that everybody was going to die from the COVID-19 outbreak, but the model used from the Imperial college in the United Kingdom, to scare basically the world, that college is funded by Bill Gates. He's given millions and millions of dollars to that college in the United Kingdom. And the other one is the University of Washington. That has also been funded by Bill Gates. So the Gates Foundation is behind just about every bit of the agenda. And remember, he's a big supporter of Planned Parenthood and depopulation. So we're witnessing a basically i like to call it a covid coup this is wsfi spotlight a
1: conversation with catholics living in the light Well, hello and welcome to this episode of WSFI Spotlight. I'm your host, Angela Tomlinson. It's almost providential. We would be praying the chaplet appealing to St. Michael and the celestial powers of dominations this episode. Our guest today is Ron Panzer. Ron is the president of the American Hospice Alliance. He is a nurse, a patient advocate, and a whistleblower. Ron is an LPN and has worked with hospice patients and their families for over 20 years. You're the author of Stealth Euthanasia, A Culture of Death, and more recently you've been writing about COVID-19. More information can be available at his website, hospicepatient.org. Welcome to the show, Ron.
0: Well, thank you for having me. There's actually so much going on that I don't think anybody can keep up with it all. Uh, Many people are reading and listening and watching to the the TV. And uh, even though we may think we're informed, there's a lot of information that people don't have that uh, allows them to misunderstand what's really going on, especially from a spiritual point of view, as well as our uh, physical health. There's some people you would say on the left and on the right, they end up hating each other. They're very angry and blaming each other. And we're not called to be hating anyone, uh, but we need to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people direct their anger at the governors, some who are imposing what seem to be draconian edicts and policies that don't make sense scientifically. Um, but everything that's happening is understandable if we uh, go back through the history of what uh, could be seen as a, um, an agenda. We don't hear about the agenda on the TV, but I'd like to very quickly run through a few things that would help people understand. Back in 1986, the Na- a National Childhood Vaccine Injury Compensation Program was established and it gave yeah. uh, liability uh, immunity for the vaccine manufacturers because they were afraid they'd get sued uh, if uh, vaccines were rolled out more. And if we jump to 2000, the Global Alliance for Vaccines and Immunization uh, was formed with Bill Gates uh, Foundation and others to prevent uh, sensibly several diseases. And all of these uh, programs uh, normally are seen as very positive things. We're trying to prevent diseases and promote health around the world, but many of the vaccines have had adverse effects. Even since the 1986 uh, program, there's been over $4 billion paid out to uh, parents and children who have had adverse effects from the vaccines over $4 billion. You have to think about that. Um, We don't hear about vaccine injury, but we need to be aware, well, there are people who are harmed, and these people go to what's called the vaccine court, and then they have to approve their case. And for $4 billion to have been paid out means that there's a lot of injuries that we don't really know about. It's not in the news. In 2002, The Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis, and Malaria was formed, funded by Bill Gates originally and others, also to promote what they call global health. And people need to understand that the term global health has a special meaning. Uh, It doesn't mean health of all the people in the world, but it means management of the health of the people of the world, which may include uh, access to abortion, uh, abortifacient, contraceptives, and what they call birth control, but we know that these are abortifacient. You're preventing life. And in 2005, this is very important for people today to understand. The, what's called the PrEP Act was uh, passed into law. It's called the public readiness and emergency preparedness act. And this act was invoked just this past February for the first time ever. And what that also does is give immunity to vaccine manufacturers in the event of a declared public emergency. And the secretary of health and human service has declared a national emergency as all the listeners know, uh, for this COVID-19 outbreak. So the PrEP Act is in force, which gives immunity to the manufacturers of any vaccines that are, are rolled out. Now, in 2010, Bill Gates had a famous TED Talk, TED TED Talk, you can find it on YouTube. And in that, he said very clearly, he's talking about global warming and man-made carbon dioxide uh, emissions, and he wants to get that down to zero. Um, and in that talk, people should go to, to listen to it and see, see it for themselves. But he says he wants to get to zero carbon dioxide emissions. And one of the sources of carbon dioxide emissions are the people themselves. And he very clearly says that in order to get there, he can reduce the world population by 10 to 15% through the use of vaccines. And that's a direct quote. So normally we say, well, vaccines are there to promote health. How can you reduce the population through the use of a vaccine? Well, we have to understand that Bill Gates, his father, his wife, they've all been supporters of Planned Parenthood and abortion contraceptives and have been pushing them all around the world in an attempt to reduce the population. They do believe in depopulation. And uh, if a vaccine has an effect of um, sterilizing or decreasing fertility, it could be one way of reducing the world population over time. Not that it does it immediately, in fact, some of the vaccines that went to Kenya or the Philippines, uh, different countries of the world, actually had human chorionic gonadotropin hormone in them. And the woman who got these, uh, under the guise of a, a tetanus vaccine, I believe it was, they formed antibodies to their own pregnancy process. So they became sterile against their will without being informed about the effect and there have been there has been a lot of outrage in other countries about some of the vaccine programs even though we think that they're done for the health of the world sometimes there are terrible side effects we want to make sure they're safe
1: can I interrupt you just for a second? First of all, I, I wanted to just tell our guest that Bonnie Quirk, who's been a longtime contributor to WSFI, she's an RN, and she is the founder and president of Lake County Right to Life, also a nurse, is here in the studio with us. And Bonnie, say hello to our guests.
2: Hello. So there,
1: Hi. OK. Uh,
2: I wanted to ask you, Ron, I'm, I'm well aware of all of those things, and as a nurse, they began to want mandatory flu shots in order to work. And I yes. you know, I personally have a problem with vaccines, but I would be absolutely against any mandatory effort of the government to vaccinate. Uh, and yes, I, I think that's where we're going with this pandemic because that's exactly right. Uh-huh.
0: That's exactly right. The um, that, that's actually where I'm I'm trying to get to, um, the uh, the history of uh, the vaccine rollouts um, actually shows what you're talking about. In 2010, something called the Decade of Vaccines was launched by global health leaders, the World Health Organization, UNICEF. And Dr. Fauci's, uh, the NIAID, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, and the Bill Gates Foundation to promote vaccines. And uh, in 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation and the Global Business Network put, uh, put out what's called the Scenarios for Future of Technology and International Development, lockstep scenario narratives, and we see, or lockdown scenarios, if you go to that document which we have on our website, um, uh, people who get the newsletter can go to the archives, or um, there's a place where we have documents and videos mirrored. These documents are there, and it talks about a world of tighter, top-down government control, more authoritarian leadership, with limited innovation and growing citizen pushback. They anticipate your resistance to taking a mandatory vaccine is anticipated by these people who have been planning for decades. Now, um, I would like to say that stealth euthanasia, which uh, is one of the things that I've talked about quite a bit in the past, is part of this. It's it's a, a global stealth euthanasia in a way um, and the, the president of the Catholic Medical Association back in 2015, Dr. Isadjui, uh publicly acknowledged that stealth euthanasia was happening in our healthcare system. It's undeclared medical killing or manipulating people uh, into a situation where they would die through various means that are immoral, uh, dehydration, or terminal sedation using sedatives and opioids to over uh, medicate them. Um, But this is all a trend of this uh, culture of death, we call it. And um, if we get into 2010, if I'm, excuse me, 2020, the Rockefeller Foundation just released, just in April, an update And they have their new plan, which is called Strategic Steps to Reopen Our Workplaces. And this gets right to what you were talking about. In it, it talks about testing, contact tracing, digital records. And then the next step, of course, is your mandatory vaccinations you're talking about. And then, well, if you have a vaccination, the idea is, well, then you're safe and you can go about your business. And then you would have a digital passport. So in other words, you would have to prove that you uh, were not infectious. You had the vaccination and you're an approved uh, participant in society. And the governor of Washington recently made a statement that people who did not cooperate with testing and contact tracing would not be allowed to participate in society. They would be kept at their homes. And then they, only other people could shop for them until they agreed. Now, he had to roll that back because there was a massive uh, pushback. But what we know is that the agenda, every, see, everything that doesn't make sense makes sense if you understand that they're actually working towards the mandatory vaccination throughout the world. This is a global agenda. And Bill Gates and his foundation and others have actually laid this out in black and white. They've printed it. The documents are very clear and uh, all of the, uh, for example, the modeling, you know, we all got scared that everybody was going to die from the COVID-19 outbreak, but the model used from the Imperial college in the United Kingdom to scare basically the world was that college is funded by Bill Gates. He's given millions and millions of dollars to that college in the United Kingdom. And the other one is the university of Washington. That has also been funded by Bill Gates. So the Gates foundation is behind just about every bit of the agenda. And remember he's a big supporter of Planned Parenthood and depopulation. So we're witnessing, a basically i like to call it a COVID coup we know that there have been many attempts to dislodge our duly elected president trump and uh whether it was russia russia or the ukraine uh, the impeachment uh, we later find out a lot of that was untrue and now we have basically the undoing of our constitutional rights we're not allowed to speak freely. Um, if any information contradicts what is coming out of the world health organization or the CDC, it's removed from YouTube or Facebook or Twitter. And if I was on there, they would remove me too. Uh, what's interesting is that uh, Dr. Fauci actually funded some of the research that may have caused, and I, I, we don't know how this virus arose, but i have a document um on our website listing over a dozen scientific studies that show how the technology that could have bioengineered a virus or manipulated a virus to create what we have the sars cov2 virus and the chinese scientist xi zhang li has done she's known as the bat uh the bat woman and scientist, scientists. She's worked with bad coronaviruses for two decades, and um, also at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China. But the Chinese scientists were working at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and they did gain-of-function research there, and that was shut down because many ethicists, ethicists and scientists Believed it was unethical. Why would you make a virus even more lethal to human beings? It was shut down. And then um, we need to know that that research was funded by grants approved by Dr. Fauci. And then it went, the research was done in Wuhan, China. And Dr. Fauci approved grants that went to the Echo Health Alliance which then transferred the funds to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So the uh, virus itself uh, has elements of the back coronavirus, but it also has elements of SARS. And some people say it has some DNA, a genetic uh, signature of HIV, uh, just parts of it. And Dr. Francis Boyle, who is professor of uh, law at the University of Illinois, Illinois College of Law. He analyzed this and he stated in February that this virus is a bioengineered or bioweapon. And he actually um, helped to write the international law uh, prohibiting bioweapon research and bioweaponry. He's internationally known. So we have something that may have been engineered by scientists and maybe it leaked out in Wuhan, China, Uh, but whether it was leaked or intentionally done, the fact is that the plan, the agenda of how to handle a pandemic has been uh, known for decades. In fact, in October, just this past October, the John Hopkins Center for Health Security with the Bill Gates Foundation and the World Economic Forum, hosted a mock exercise where they pictured a coronavirus pandemic that would kill millions, and they wanted to talk about how you would prepare and how you would respond. So these uh, kinds of um, interventions or the mitigation efforts that we're seeing with the lockdowns and stay at home, stay safe, all of these things, even if it's a county that's in you know, almost up to Canada where they have no coronavirus cases and the hospitals are not overrun, they're still locked down. It doesn't make any sense. But what the uh the plans that they've had for decades that we're we're actually seeing that being implemented. So it's not a question of scientific validity in terms of what we're doing uh, because we flattened the curve so why (laughs) there are many hospitals i have people who uh family members who work in the hospitals in some of the hot spots around new york and they said yes they had a lot of patients but once you flatten the curve and and they're not overrun then why are we still locked down and if you had to take a, a, a a knife or something and kill our economy you've done it. Basically, we basically, uh, hurt our economy tremendously. And many people who are working to, um, uh, you know, they have their businesses, they're hurt. Uh, Some of them are going to go bankrupt. And how do you, how do you get out of that? So we're basically seeing a, uh, it could be a takeover of our country in a way, that's that's how we look at it.
1: Ron, there's another aspect of this that your newsletter has been touching on, and that is the dichotomy in what treatments are effective. You mentioned a little bit about hydroxychloroquine. Yes. And its effectiveness versus vendisivir. Can you get into that a little bit?
0: Yeah. Um, Now, of course, I'm not a doctor, but I talk to doctors all the time, and uh, I read a lot about what they say. Um, the hydroxychloroquine controversy, um, is very unfortunate. Uh, there are doctors who are using hydroxychloroquine in Wisconsin and Illinois and around the country and all over the world. In fact, in India, the healthcare workers are all getting hydroxychloroquine, uh, prophylactically low doses to prevent them getting infected so they can stay on the front lines and india has limited export of hydroxychloroquine because they know it works um, the hydroxychloroquine i'm told is what's called a zinc ionophore which means that it helps the zinc get into the cell where it can prevent the virus from uh, reproducing and uh, it also uh, changes the ph in the cell the virus apparently uh, likes a more acid environment and the hydroxychloroquine changes the pH a little to make it less hospitable to the virus for replication and uh, the doctors who are using it early on before there's major severe organ damage tell us that it's almost a hundred percent effective that people who look very ill uh, within a day or two are feeling much better and uh, The uh, attack on hydroxychloroquine is, I believe, a uh, financial attack. It's generic, it's been around for many decades, and the idea that it's unsafe, um, they mentioned the QT interval of the heart, you know, causing heart arrhythmias. Um, I actually have a friend who is a cardiologist Uh, He's been in practice in Maryland for 50 years, well-respected, and uh, he analyzed this. He's talked to other cardiologists, and he said that the the risk for cardiac effect is very rare and that he's never had to, uh, you know, uh, consider cardiac uh, effects with this drug or even the azithromycin, which is given with it, and zinc. As the, as the standard um, remedy. Uh, he, he said if there was a question, you could do an EKG, but generally that it's safe. Now, the thing with Remdesivir is that this would be a new, uh, very expensive medication. It's, it's not generic, it's, it's under patent uh, by a Bill Gates-backed uh, firm and uh, Gilead Sciences um, and it would cost perhaps between $1,000 and $4,000 per do- uh, treatment for a person and the hydroxychloroquine would be, you know, maybe less than $25 for a treat- course of treatment. So uh, you're, you're talking basically almost no profit on the one hand of an easy cure and huge billions and maybe even trillions of dollars being made if it's globally rolled out. The, um, back to hydroxychloroquine, there was a VA study that criticized, um, hydroxychloroquine and it was widely uh, published and people said, Oh, it's, it's shown that it didn't really work or it's unsafe. And I actually read people can go online and look at the actual study, the VA study. Um, It was uh, uh, basically a flawed study. Dr. Sutton, who directed the study, um, is a three-time recipient of grants from Gilead Science, which produces Remdesivir. And so, well, you could say there's a conflict of interest, obviously, Um, but if you look at the study, figure two, it shows that those people or patients who were given the hydroxychloroquine had uh, vital signs that showed they were much sicker than those who were the, the no hydroxychloroquine group. In other words, uh, their um, oxygen saturation were worse for the hydroxychloroquine group. They were a little heavier. Um, their breathing rate was faster. All of the things that you would look for and say, this, this person's sicker, So it was not a fair study. Normally, if you're going to compare, you know, you could say, oh, this is a a comparison between this group and that group. You have to have the groups basically randomly the same uh, amount of sickness and, and, and have the same risk factors. And that was not done in the study and people can read that for themselves. And in fact, the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons came out recently and said that hydroxychloroquine is very safe and over 91% effective. And it is being used. uh, And there are many cases of of doctors who have uh, come out and and publicly stated they are treating people with it. In fact, Boston Medical Center uh, has as their uh, treatment regimen hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin. They also have remdesivir listed. But the recent remdesivir study did not show that it cured the COVID-19 infection. Uh, it showed that it lessened the time that uh, was needed for recovery, which is not the outcome they wanted. They, they were hoping that it would have cured it and it didn't show that at all. So it's very uh, puzzling. Why would the hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin and zinc Combination be condemned basically while the non effective remdesivir is being promoted. It, it, it's basically, you know, big pharma. The pharmaceutical industry exists in every country of the world, and there's a lot of profit to be made, and they also can't uh, contribute to the politicians' uh, campaign funds, you know, the lobbyists. The pharmaceutical industry. Pays each year, I, I believe it's thirty billion dollars around the world. Thirty billion, um, and uh, there's nine billion on those TV ads we see all the time on TV. You're telling us to use these drugs, and some of them have terrible side effects. Uh, they may be helping many, but there are also some who are harmed. Um, why do we need all this marketing? Uh, if if there's an effective remedy, the doctors are going to use it. Um so you know, Ron, I, I find there's an agenda going on here that has to do with um, profit and also an agenda in terms of a global new world government.
1: Yeah. Ron, I just want to jump in with a couple of things. that Dr. Yvette Lozano had mentioned that yes. in two states it's illegal to prescribe hydroxychloroquine. Yes. So there you go. So why would a politician get involved telling doctors what doctors can prescribe and what doctors can't prescribe and she echoed yes. your effectiveness that you're mentioning about the drug and also she mentioned that if she's prescribing the drug for, for COVID-19 yes. there's a whole set of procedures that have to go into effect so now she said that she would prescribe it for a different reason which would be a valid right. reason just to circumvent the politicians
0: Right, if they have to circumvent. But there, there's another thing that listeners need to understand. Right now, all across the country, the um, people, say you start to feel unwell, you feel you have a fever and you're a little short of breath. You go to the hospital and they tell you, well, go home and, you know, if things get worse, you can come back. But they're basically telling people who... If you're sick enough that you go to the emergency room, you really do need care. And they're sending them home. So many of the emergency rooms are empty. And then they come when they're truly on death's door or, you know, terribly ill. And, and this is not what we should be doing. And, and that's what Dr. Lozano was getting at. You don't send the people home. You treat them. And if and she says that she uses the hydroxychloroquine. Uh, She mentioned that the people have night sweats, some of the patients, and it behaves somewhat like malaria, and hydroxychloroquine is a malaria drug. Um, So the idea that we're sending people home so that they come back when they're sicker and less likely to recover doesn't make medical sense, but it does make sense if, and and it's hard to believe, do people really want these people to die? Do they want to higher death rate. And, and, you know, the doctors and, and coroners have reported, they are being forced to, uh, the doctors are forced to say that the deaths are COVID-19 deaths, even if they're not COVID-19 deaths, even if it's a, you know, like a car accident and the person might've been exposed to COVID-19, they'll say it was COVID-19, not the car accident. It, it's really ridiculous. But if you inflate, the numbers of deaths, then the people are, you know, the idea is to justify the idea that we should be scared and afraid and stay home because this is a terrible pandemic. And of course there are thousands of people dying and it is a terrible disease, which affects us in many different ways, but the case fatality rate is nothing like what we were originally told where millions of Americans were going to die and many millions around the world. The, this, the models used were bogus and now we know, yes, it, it's a little bit worse than a bad flu in terms of the case fatality rate, but 99% of the people, even 99.5% of the people are not going to be dying and yet you have the whole economy basically of the whole country deeply affected which will affect us for years and many businesses will go out of business and then you have suicides you have alcoholism you have violence all the we need to be talking about the total harm of any decisions that are made not just the question of about who's infected and and who may die of an infection you look at what are the effects of shutting down an economy well, the hospitals and the doctor's offices may go bankrupt, the hospitals may go bankrupt, and then if people can't get treatment for their heart issues or lung or cancer, or whatever other illness they have, many people will die from the lack of healthcare resources because all of these resources in society depend on the economy. The society is not just one aspect, not just, not just what's going on with COVID-19. How
1: about the mortality rate of staying home? I mean you look at the New York numbers, 66 percent were home and 18 yeah. percent were nursing home. So 66 plus 18 percent of the numbers mm-hmm. of deaths were people who stayed in place. And yet they keep telling us stay in place. So I don't understand this.
0: Well yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the policies don't make sense medically or scientifically but they only make sense if there's the agenda and the agenda is to roll out the uh the vaccines that will basically be seen as the savior of society Uh, we have a different savior we have the dear lord jesus and and we don't need to be afraid but they're making people afraid which is a spirit of darkness and this is not where we need to be but they want people to be afraid and then finally, they're gonna say, okay, now you, you can be safe if you get the vaccine. Then we want to trace uh, if anyone's infected, we're gonna do contact tracing. Well, contact tracing is only uh, sensible when an outbreak is very new. Like in China originally, and when there was the first patient, if you traced everyone and isolated everyone who had contact, you could have stopped this from spreading all around the world. You can shut it down when it's just a little drop, you know, a tiny little infection. Uh, but when it, right now, we know it's spread all over. There's no sense in doing contact tracing, but there, there, there are funds, uh, hoping they're trying to pass bills to fund contact tracing, basically everyone in America and they're going to trace you. And then they're do, gonna digitally record the, the results of what they find, whether you're infected or not, everyone in your family. And then when the vaccine comes out, Bill Gates has funded several companies that have made what's called a micro needle array vaccination. So they just press this on your shoulder, for example, uh, it will imprint the vac, it will push the vaccine into you, but at the same time, deliver a, a digitally readable uh, record that you've been vaccinated. And uh, the, uh, the idea of a digital record, it goes along with the push to have the electronic medical records all linked together nationally. So you would have a national database of all of our vaccination uh, status and then you would have a digital passport. So you've been vaccinated. Then you have the digital passport, which says you can buy and sell or go, um, work or you can visit public buildings. But like the governor of Washington stated, he said you would be confined to your own home. If you didn't participate in the contact tracing, you can, people can look this up and he did withdraw that, but it's going to come back. This is the agenda and you know i'm not a a big apocalyptic conspiracy guy um but when i read the bible and i you know think about the mark of the beast and uh the idea that you won't be able to buy and sell um this is coming as close as i can imagine to that kind of thing because if you look in the rockefeller foundation documents uh, that very clearly is talking about this digital passport, the lockdowns, and and the uh, plan to make it uh, basically every all transactions would be electronic, meaning the government would know everything that anyone bought or sold. And if you didn't have this digital passport, Bill Gates has talked about this very clearly. He has another TED talk on YouTube. People can look this up. Uh, it was last month. And he's talking about this, the digital passport, the vaccinations. Um, and it's basically a global globalist kind of takeover of the world. And uh, it's very uh, disturbing to Ryan, think about all the harm that has been caused to so many people by these policies that have no basis in reality.
1: And, Ryan, you, yes, know, you said the government would be able to track everything. I would say which government? Because if it's going through Bill Gates, it's whoever the technology company is, is the person who would know all of the people that you've been in contact with and how long, what your medical records are. Is that correct?
0: Well, which actually, I you know, getting into the idea of uh, President Trump has been the most pro-life president that we've ever seen in modern history, but I believe that this um, global agenda has hoodwinked him. Yes, and he, he's caught because the top the president has to rely on the top scientific advisors in the government, which is Fauci at the NIAID and the CDC and the WHO, and they're all globalists. They're all left wing uh, globalists. That, socialist, uh, leaning and, uh, the idea that a vaccine would be a remedy for an infection. Uh, there's never been an RNA vaccine and this is an RNA virus. Um, so he's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. And yes, it, it will be the government of the United States that would, uh, be, enforcing this or the, or the government of each state, each state government, um, and then electronically linked in together. Um, and Bill Gates is basically reforming the, uh, uh, remaking the governments of the world. This is not, people have to understand, this is not just in the United States. There was a, uh, minister in Italy who just uh, gave a speech about this, very upset, and in Germany also, about basically the loss of all your constitutional rights and your freedoms. Um, And she actually called for Bill Gates to be brought before the International Criminal Court for human rights violations.
2: You know, Um, uh, Rob, just an aside, Uh, I think President Trump has been hoodwinked. But I also think people have placed more of their trust in vaccines across the board. They don't even question them for babies or the Gardasil vaccine or any of those. Uh, it, uh, and, and I think the American public I'm speaking for uh, have put their hope in the vaccine and he's caught between that rock and that hard place because people want a cure. They want to be free. They want their life back, and they think a vaccine is going to do it. It ain't. Well, this
0: is, <laughs> Yeah, this is the deception, and one of my books is called Radical, Radical Deception and the Cultures of Death. Every culture of death is involved with deception, manipulation of the facts, And what we're not getting in the uh, major media or even conservative media for the most part is that, well, we don't need to be afraid. There's a lot of things that can be done. Um, And although uh, many, there are some doctors that laugh at supplements and vitamins, there are many things that people can do. If they get out into the sunlight, they're increasing their vitamin D. Most of the patients who die, from COVID-19 ha- have been found to have low vitamin D levels, So people need to be increasing. And, and this is what doctors tell me this uh, cause I'm not a doctor, but I'm sharing what they tell me. Uh, if we increase our vitamin D K2, vitamin A, B complex, especially vitamin C, liposomal vitamin C, if you can get it. And when you're sick, you can take higher doses of vitamin C and D than normally. Uh, Zinc, Uh, There's turmeric uh, has curcumin in it, green tea extract, something called quercetin. Uh, These are some of the things that would help reduce what's called the cytokine storm. In other words, most people are not dying from the virus itself being in their body. They die from this out-of-control inflammatory process and uh, that creates all the congestion in their lungs and it also um, causes some of the problems with the oxygen. Many people still don't understand that this is not just a normal pneumonia that's caused, but it's almost like a blood disease where the blood, the red blood cells are not as able to carry the oxygen because a part of the hemoglobin, the ferritin, comes out and uh you have blood coagulation or blood clotting problems. So some of these supplements would help. Uh, Turmeric or curcumin, for example, is a blood thinner. But uh, some of these things can be very helpful in preventing the extreme symptoms of an infection. Most people don't have an extreme uh, case, but for those who do, uh, these are things we should be doing. We shouldn't be staying inside all the time and avoiding the sunlight. Uh, if you can, get some sunlight or take some vitamin D. And then, of course, uh, most of the people who are actually getting sick and, and dying, they're either smoking or they're taking alcohol or marijuana or other drugs, um, or they have certain illnesses, diabetes, uh, overweight.
1: Are people with HIV more inclined to have an adverse reaction to the infection? Yeah, well, any,
0: any, anyone who Uh, has immunocompromised status, would be more likely to be affected by the infection. And and that's why uh, we need to be doing positive things to promote our healthy immune system. And at the same time, you know, in exercise, breathing fresh air, not staying. You know, if you're in your house cooped up, you want to open the windows, get some fresh air, go for a walk if you can but they're trying to lock us down, which actually reduces our immunity. So we, we do need to be exercising, eating foods that actually look like God-given foods, you know, beans, rice, grains, uh, fish, whatever, you know, people eat, but not these processed foods that have all these chemicals in them, they don't promote a healthy immune system and, and contribute to the problems many people have, including obesity. Um, so, so there's many things that people can do in a positive way, uh, that's not being talked about. And, and I think that's a crime. It's a terrible thing. And, and then you talk about where the nursing home deaths are in New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, the governor forced the nursing homes to take those patients in who were infected when there were other places they could have put them, you know, like on the ship that was sent to New York Harbor, um, to th- to do such a thing see, these people are not dumb. They would know that if they sent in infected people into the nursing homes, then many people who who were residents there would get sick and some of them would die and thousands have died. They knowingly put them in there. So you say, how can you do that? Well, I would ask the other question. Well, how could the New York legislature celebrate when they basically legalized infanticide the baby born right there on the table and the the doctor and the mother can just let that baby die a newborn that was legalized in New York state so what kind of what kind of mindset do they have we can just weep that they are in control of the lives of the people in New York state or some of these other states it, it doesn't make any sense medically but in terms of an agenda, these are not people who are pro-life that are pushing this agenda. And the vaccine uh, being, actually the vaccine, when we get back to that, the vaccine is being rushed to uh, market basically. And first of all, no RNA vaccine has ever been used. So it's an untested technology. And normally they do uh, animal testing To make sure that at least it's safe in animals and then they test in people and then they test again and they test again and it can take years but now they're saying because this is so terrible we have to rush it to market well the fact is it's not that terrible uh, in terms of the case fatality rate the percentages of the people who are actually sick severely sick or who would die and many of those people who are dying of this infection are the same type of people who would die from a severe flu. So, and, and people don't realize, uh, 40,000, 60,000 people might die each year from the regular flu. And we don't shut everything down. So why are we rushing to the vaccine here when it's an untested technology? Plus we're going to be all tracked and digitally recorded, and then we won't have permission. This is the united states and you know we're a nation formed dedicated to god and our rights are given to us from him how can they just walk they're basically just walking in here telling us that all of our rights the bill of rights is thrown out the window you can't protest you can't gather you can't talk to each other um it's just unbelievable You know,
1: normally in these quarantines, you take the sick people, you quarantine them, and the healthy people go free. But this is the first, right? That's the way you handle it. And you say, well, you don't want the healthy people to spread it to the vulnerable people. And you say, well, quarantine the vulnerable people and let the healthy people be healthy and live a healthy life. This has been so strange from the beginning, Ron. Something doesn't make sense. Doesn't add up.
0: it's exactly right. And and people have to understand every time we keep saying it doesn't make sense, you have to say, yes, it does make sense because there's an agenda. And it's not because they're power hungry. Uh, you know, well, they may be power hungry and they may enjoy having all that executive power, uh, the fact is they are following the playbook. This has been written down and they're following it step by step in september of 2019 there was something called the id 2020 alliance which would accelerate technology to ensure everyone had access to a unique digital identity throughout the world and so this this vaccine and uh, this is all part of the digital identity and basically uh, a global uh a global new world order you know we've heard that term for many decades, but they're actually doing it. We never thought that uh, so-called homosexual marriage would be legalized. It's it's just perverse, it's just uh, evil, and yet the Supreme Court allowed this to happen, and now we have constitutional rights being thrown out the window. It only makes sense if you had Bill Gates directing what what is going on, or uh, the the people working with him, and, and it has nothing to do with uh, science. It has nothing to do with the benefit of the individual patients in the world.
1: Right. Well, Ron, you've been a delightful guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Bonnie, we're going to have to sign off. And do you have a last question or comment before we close out?
2: Do you have a array of hope for our listeners or a positive thing perhaps, Ron, that they could do besides read your newsletter?
0: Well, they can sign up for the newsletter. But the most important thing is that people need to be praying and actually... Uh, we we sometimes people think anger is an evil thing but every emotion we have has a purpose and anger can be directed towards positive action and i believe that people of faith need to be involved it's a lie that we should not be involved in uh, correcting bad policy we need to be speaking up and reject uh, misguided policies that uh, deprive people of their rights and that actually will cause uh, not just economic harm but actual many more deaths than what are at risk from the virus so uh, praying getting getting in tune with the dear Lord is the most important thing
1: amen and amen. then
0: amen. then getting involved
1: tell us again where people can go to get more information about you and your work
0: at hospice patients alliance the website is dot hospicepatients.org.
1: hospicepatients.org. God bless you, God and bless we'll have you. you. We'd love to have you back, Ron. Thank you so much, and okay, good luck with all you're you. doing. thank you. God Bye. bless you. Bye-bye. This has been WSFI Spotlight. For more information on this or any other program, email info at wsfiradio.org.